Welcome to episode 10 of Learning with Young Leaders. We release a new episode every Wednesday to learn from young leaders who share their stories and experiences for you to bring your life to the next level. Listen in to hear how many of these guests discover their passion and drive in life that allows them to do well at what they love best. In this episode, we have Darius, a social media branding and community growth expert, especially when it comes to Instagram. Darius talks about his journey in the world of social media, why gaining self-awareness is important, how you can build up your own personal brand, and much more. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for the latest episodes and support us by leaving your ratings and reviews. If you wish to connect with like-minded individuals, do join our LinkedIn group as well. Now, let's dive into Darius's world of social media. Hi Darius, welcome to the show. Really excited to have you on for this episode. Thanks for inviting me onto the show, Marcus. Yeah, so I think what we're going to be discussing today is quite quite interesting because the, your expertise lies in this area which is very, I would say, close to our hearts because you deal with social media marketing and everything, right? So I think before we delve into what have you been working on recently, we would like to understand a bit more about what got you started on this journey of, you know, working on Instagram, working on building your personal portfolio? Okay, I think that's a, that will be a very, very long answer. Um, <laughs> so let's start out from um, the start where I got into this whole journey when I was in NS, I think. I was in NS and I was really discovering like, okay, I don't think I want to be a a worker, right? And here's the thing. I mean, people who are listening, right? If you're in university or anything, there is nothing wrong in being an employee, by the way. Sometimes people work better in being an employee. Sometimes people work better when they're an entrepreneur. And I just happen to understand and become self-aware enough to know that I would want to be part of the whole entrepreneur community rather than being an employee. So that's when I knew that, you know, I didn't want to be working under someone I knew I wanted freedom. I mean, that's usually the first few desires you have mm. like, to break out from the employee chain. So what I did was I just started studying like, okay, how to become an entrepreneur. You know, all those normal Google searches, right? That probably people will say, oh, how to become an entrepreneur? How, <laughs> how to start a business, right? All these kind of very basic questions. And I stumbled upon this whole world of digital marketing. And digital marketing is extremely huge. And there are like, many different experts out here and there. Mm. One of the first few books that I really got into was Russell Brunson's. Uh, I'm quite sure you all know who Russell Brunson is. If you all don't know, he is like the founder of this company called ClickFunnels and it's scaled from like zero to $400 million in about four or five years. So he has this book called Expert Secrets and I just got up the book and I started reading. And that was when my whole world into digital marketing got a next step further. And I think a lot of times when you're starting a journey for the people who are listening, it all boils down to self-awareness, right? It really is understanding what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, what are your likes and what are your dislikes. Like I'm quite sure that even Marcus and what you all do, right? You only got about to where you are by exploring, by exploring yeah. your strengths, your weaknesses, your likes and dislikes. And most likely it's unknowingly. And I think a lot of people um, don't understand that you just have to explore and you have to keep asking yourself these questions. When you start asking yourself these questions of what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, what are your likes and what are your dislikes, that is when you are able to understand yourself a lot better and know which path is exactly right for you. So for me, I knew that, you know, I'm quite like a numbers guy and I'm used, back then I used to be very vain. Here's the thing, I, I used to be very, very vain. I used to be very arrogant. Like, you might not think so, but yes, that's a freaking truth. So I was very arrogant last time and I was like very vain person. So you know what? Twitter, Instagram, social media is like kind of like a numbers game, right? I thought. So I dive into this whole thing called Twitter in 2018. And we I basically started creating like tweeting out. And I actually really love helping people out. And it all stems from see, that's why I say when you came out with that question, that's gonna be a very long journey. Because mm. my journey started when I think I was 13 or 14. And I went for a youth camp under Adam, one of Adam Kuhl's camp, right? And then from then on, I became a coach in the company. And then I went up all the way to being a program director where I was running camps of over 100 plus people in a public camp setting. So 
I just really love the idea of helping people out and really helping them fulfill their best potential. So what I did on Twitter was I literally just started tweeting out uh, like motivational stuff. But now looking back, it's quite, I, I feel it's quite stupid. Like. I mean, some people, no offense to those people who like to read quotes on Twitter or read quotes on Instagram, okay? I'm quite sure that's a lot. So I don't offend you guys. Uh, but I just realized that quotes isn't really the best thing you can do to help someone. But, but back then when I started, I just started tweeting quotes. And for, for everyone right, who's starting out their own journey, whether it's their own journey of entrepreneurship or their own journey of their work life, always explore. Right? Always take the first step on doing something. For me, it was just going on Twitter and then sending out that first tweet. Right? It's probably some motivational quote. Like I can't remember. I don't want to remember. So, <laughs> so um, it was just a tweet and I sent it out. And then from there on, somehow I just started getting retweets and likes. So here's the thing. I unknowingly just walked myself into uh, like a kind of like a gold mine, I guess. So I just started tweeting and then I get likes and retweets, maybe because people like motivational quotes. And from then on, what really worked, right, wasn't really just tweeting out motivational quotes. What I did was something that Gary V, okay, I'll say Gary V was my inspiration. So back then, which I think is an inspiration to a lot of young people as well. Gary V said something about, you know, just tweeting at everyone that you want to help. Right? So what I did was I simply go onto Twitter. I literally did the same strategy as him. I know he was that hardcore to go from 10 p.m. all the way to 3 a.m. just to tweet someone. I mean, I wasn't that hardcore. I was probably like, because in NS, right, you don't really have time. Uh, you're doing army. So from 10 to 12, right, that was the time when I was just tweeting. So I just went to find, like, I just searched keywords and problems that people have like mental health or mental well-being or whatever it is. And then I start talking to them. That's it, right? And through that whole process, my whole Twitter account was going in about organically about 3K, 4K, 5K per month, right? And, and it's just organic growing just by, keep, just by consistently tweeting, right? And now that was a period of about 2018. So, 20, so you started your Twitter account back when you were in NS? Yes, correct. I started it when I was in NS because I was just thinking, what can I do? Right. Okay. And I and back then I was a, a bit vain. Or actually no, it's it's freaking vain. Like, okay, let's be let's be let's be very okay, so, so so that was also that period when you were self discovering and seeing what you like as well. Exactly. So, so that so was it, the whole was point. it a conscious effort to or what what made that thought come to you that you wanted to discover yourself? Okay, so it goes, it boils back down to the whole process of coaching, right? Back then, I was coaching youths around Singapore. We flew to Indonesia as well to coach, uh, to, coach uh, to impact other people in other Southeast Asia countries. And I really just love coaching, right? I just love helping people out. So I was thinking, you know, how else can I magnitude, how, can, how else can I amplify the magnitude of my impact? And then I thought, why not social media, right? I mean, back then, I don't think I met Gary V yet, but I just knew that, why not social media, right? Because social media is the one that really connects everyone together. Yeah. Right? It's not newspaper, it's not magazines, it's really social media where it's... It, there's a reason why it's called a social media network. And I think the biggest pity, right, is that most of us don't even network on social media. I'm very, very sure that whoever's listening, right, because I'm guilty of this as well back then, is that I'm quite sure that 90, 90% to 95%, right, we don't exactly connect with someone new, on Instagram or on Twitter or on Facebook. We usually what? We just usually talk to uh, the friends and the same circle that has been following us and we have been following them for a while, right? And social media is really the whole place to just connect with new people or even like how Marcus got me on the podcast, right? It's just connecting. It's just reaching out to people and connecting to them. So with the Twitter, that's how we actually started rolling on Twitter in, uh, I think about late 2018, I think so around there. Mm. And then... What happened was I was thinking, okay, since I got some success on Twitter and I, I kind of mastered Twitter in a sense and like I just keep testing strategies again and again and again. Here's the best part. I don't even know what I was doing for. Right? So I was earning zero dollars, by the way. You might... So here's the thing, guys. Do not ever get sucked into the vanity metrics. And this is one thing I, I realized and it's freaking, freaking crucial to whoever is on social media or and, and has anything to do with social media. Never ever play the vanity, uh, vanity metrics, which is how many followers do I have? How many likes do I have? How many comments? It is not about the numbers. It's all about the relationship you have with people and whether you can, like let's say if you really are selling something, let's say you guys are selling watches, 
right? Whether you can convert their relationships into customers and then into raving fans. Okay. So back then I was just like tweeting, tweeting, tweeting. Was I earning anything? No. I wasn't earning anything, but I was just spending hours and hours a day. So it's a freaking like a non-profit organization. Uh, just helping people out. <laughs> it's not a good way to run a business. So always understand how you are going to monetize. But back then, I just started out with exploring. Right? And if you don't know how to monetize yet, just take the first step. And through that process, think about how you, monet- how you can monetize. Because I did not think about how I can monetize until like I started growing followers, which is a bit late. So I was experiencing quite a lot of success on Twitter. And then now I think we have pretty much automated the whole team. The whole, my whole team is the one taking care of it. So I don't really touch Twitter as well, except for my own personal account. And then, so we were gaining organically and we decided, or actually I, sorry, it was only me back then. There wasn't a team. So I decided, let's just shift onto Instagram, right? Since I've already dominated on Twitter, won't it work the same way on Instagram? Mm. And I was so, so, so freaking wrong. Okay, it was... Absolutely, it was an absolute disaster. Okay, because when I went onto <laughs> Instagram, I did not know what I was doing. I was, I was thinking, okay, I think tweet, I think quotes work the same way again. And here's the thing: for people who want to really develop an omnipresence, right? Let's say if you want to brand yourself on to different social media channels, you want to build brands on different channels. Always understand that context is more important than content. People always say that, oh, repurpose your content, right? Just take the content from Twitter, then just put the same thing on Instagram. No, it worked freaking horribly because I was posting quotes every single day. And I think I was posting like three times a day. I spent about four to five hours on Instagram a day. And for the first six months, uh, I was stuck at about 500 followers. I was like, okay, maybe people like 500 followers, okay, not bad. Right? But six months, I was posting three times a day, every single day. I was talking to people, I was connecting to people, and I was stuck at 500 followers for six months. So I was thinking, where, where did it go wrong? Right? And then I thought to myself, okay, maybe I'm not, good at Twitter. I'm not good at Instagram. So I decided, let's just go back to Twitter. Right? And then there was that whole detour right, where I just went back to Twitter and continued working with Twitter. Then after a while, I realized, like, you know what? Twitter is a little bit boring because I kind of conquered it already. Then I thought about it again. It feels very wasted if I don't just explore. And here's Here's the thing, everyone that's listening to this podcast now, I come talking about taking your first step, about exploring, right? Another thing about exploring is that even if you fail one time, that doesn't mean that you're not good at it. Okay, that doesn't mean you're not good at it. Because when I went back the second time, that was when the transformation happened. But, 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 the transformation didn't happen just because of me. In fact, it's because I had mentors that really guide me along the way. And I think one of the reasons why I could grow very quickly or how I even got into entrepreneurship was because I had multiple mentors. Like even back when I was like in the company of Adam Koo, there were people that were like 10 years older than me. So I was pretty much playing with, my, my playing field was already with people who were in the workforce, people who had businesses. I was talking to people like them. And that's when you actually learn the most. In fact, through this podcast, this is where you are able to learn the most as well. But you don't have direct mentors from a podcast. But through a podcast, you'll be able to understand how these people think, how they act, how they behave as well. And all these are all very crucial in terms of your whole journey, whether you decide to be an entrepreneur or whether you decide to just go into the workforce and thrive in the workforce. Mm. So back to the whole point about going back onto Instagram and I basically spend, I'm not very proud of this, honestly. So when you find mentors, right, please don't, find people who will teach you like a two-day course or three-day course and that's it. Or don't find someone that like has an online course. Okay, I mean, if you are starting out, sure, go ahead and buy an online course and learn more about that particular topic. Let's say what trading, you want to do trading, you want to do value investing, you, you can go and buy those online courses and learn that foundational things for you to create that step off. What I did was I just bought a crap ton of courses from multiple, multiple, multiple experts and I won't say that it's a waste. Um, it, okay, actually, you know what? It is quite a waste because there isn't <laughs> much point of you to create, to buy and consume a lot of courses. Like some people can be, and back then I was quite a seminar junkie, right? I go for every seminar, anything about digital marketing, like Ping June, all this kind of thing. I just buy, right? They sell from the stage, I buy and I buy and I buy, right? And I think that's one, one of my huge regrets. I was talking to one of my mentors about one week ago. He says Josiah. So I was talking to him and he asked me this one simple question, which was, 
how much have you spent on courses and seminars? Then I'm like, yeah, that's actually a very painful question. But it got me reflecting. Here's the thing. For all those people who want to buy courses and seminars, right? That's why I say it's good. It's good for foundational steps. But if you want to really go from stage one to stage 10, you don't want to go from stage one to stage two, right? But you want to go from stage one to stage 10, get yourself coaches and get yourself mentors. Right? Like my, currently, my mentors, I, I pay them freaking high. I don't want to disclose it. But here's the thing. It's all worth it because the transformation level that I receive is not just from stage one to stage two, but it's from stage one all the way to stage 10. And here's the thing. You don't exactly have to pay freaking high prices mentor in order to get them to, to mentor you. Mm. You can, in fact, just find people who are very experienced in your field. So here's the thing. It goes back to self-awareness again. Right? When you know what is the journey you want to take. Let's say I want to be good at Facebook ads. I want to be good at trading. Go and find the people who are good at it. Go up to them and if you basically just approach them and then ask them, you know, if I can give value to you, will you be my mentor? Right? And it's always a two-way thing, which is not just paying, which is through changing of experience. Right? Let's say if you are good at branding, then maybe you want to learn marketing. You find someone that is good at marketing, you exchange that knowledge. Mm. And for those people who are really starting out, maybe they're thinking, oh man, I really don't have anything that I'm good at. That's the thing, I was in that same spot. So what you, what you can do is you can basically go and help them become like their Saikang warrior in effect, right? Like literally anything that they need help on, why don't you just offer your help to them? Because let's say right now I don't really have expertise, but that's when you start building expertise. For me, it was a lot about social media and right now it's a lot more about branding itself as well. So I just keep building the expertise and that's how people know me, right? Like Marcus know me because he knows me as like a social media branding expert or however you view me as, right? But start building on the expertise today, right? There is, there, there is not a need for you to dive in and declare to the world that, oh, I'm going to be a digital marketing uh, muscle class, uh, muscle, like a muscle or expert or guru, whatever it is. No, just start building that foundational break because whatever that I have gotten now wasn't because of like one month or two months. Eh? It was two years eh, before I could get to where I am, right? And through that, we went from, I think 500 followers in about slightly over a year, we grew until like 100K, I think, uh, around there. Yeah. Okay. So that's pretty much how we got to here. So back to uh, uh, backtrack a bit where you talked about the six months of 500 followers, right? How was your mindset at that point in time? Were there points where you lost motivation, you felt a bit lost? And then you also mentioned that you considered going back to Twitter and then you come back, right? So how do you deal with all that uncertainty? That's a good question. So here's the thing. I think everyone always talks about achieving their goals. Always, Everyone always talks about winning. Everyone on social media always talks about, oh, I did this. Wow, I achieved this. Right? Here's the thing. I think a lot of people always show like the glamour and blitz. But when you become an entrepreneur self, for yourself, or even not entrepreneur, if you start something by yourself, there will always be struggles. There will always be self-doubts. And when I went into this whole Instagram thing, my mindset was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And I know I'm going to do it because I did well in Twitter. I'm going to do well on Instagram. But throughout the whole journey, I was like, crap, I've been doing the same thing and it didn't work. And here's the thing for everyone else as well. If you are facing the same problem, like right, where you are doing the same thing and it didn't work, that's exactly what's wrong with it. You are doing the same thing and it didn't work. So <laughs> if you continue doing the same thing, it will not work. Here's the thing. And I think a lot of us don't see it until we look, like let's say if we were able to float out from our body and then look from a third person perspective, then you realize like, yeah, shit. The only reason why I'm in shit is because I've been doing the same thing. So what I did was instead of going through that whole shit, I decided to go and model. If you apply this, right, your learning rate and your, your transformation rate and whatever results you want to get is increased by like, I think 10 times in speed. Okay, I don't know what's exact sets, but I know that it will definitely increase. And there's this whole term called modeling, right? Model after people who have already gotten the success that you have. And that's why I went to go and buy courses and seminars, right? Like what I say, it's foundational in a sense for you to speed up the knowledge. Yeah, sure, you can go on Google and all these kind of things, but there are people who are able to organize all that knowledge into it and then give it to you so... Like if you have that savings and cash, just spend a little bit on it because it will help you build that foundational brick rather than going on Google. Cause here's the thing. I went on to Google and I searched all these things. 
Right? Like people think that, oh, I just spent on course. I don't want to search on Google. I went on Google. I went on YouTube. I tried almost every strategy. Some strategies even got me banned, by the way. So, <laughs> so like what I say, um, it's always good that you model after someone. You have to understand this one principle that success leaves clues. Success leaves clues. You just have to follow these clues. You just have to follow the footsteps that people have already set for you. Right? Instead of, if you, let's say you have already a treasure map, right? And you have the footstep to the treasure map. Why will you go one whole big round just to go back on the result where you can just follow that, that same footstep? And then maybe you just avoid the tracks. Because why? Those people who have already gotten what you wanted would have already known what are the common mistakes that you will make throughout this whole journey. So model after them. Understand how do they, how do they think? What are their beliefs? What are their values? And then how, what is their strategy? And then follow it. And then you just have to take in their wins and take away their losses. So you just avoid their losses. So that's essentially how you can really speed up your whole journey. Mm. And the whole reason why I'm quite, in a way, obsessed or dedicated to uh, learning acceleration is because I'm always looking at how we can learn faster, uh, think faster, and how we can really just accelerate the speed of what we're doing. So, yeah, that's it. Okay. So, that has led you to where you are today, where you are working on your on your company and helping coaches, helping people sort of gain their personal branding, right? So, what are some of these strategies that you usually employ? Or would you advise to people who are others starting or once they have, you know, formed that foundation level, which they've gotten from causes, how do they get that accelerated growth? Okay, I think, that's a, I think that's a very common question that people ask like, oh, how do I build my personal brand on social media or whatever it is? I think one thing is, please pick a channel to start on first. Like, I think a lot of people just keep thinking like, wow, there are so many channels. Which one should I focus on? Which one should I focus on? So for people who are, let's say the people who are listening, if you are university students, right? And you are looking to get a job in the workforce, which social media channel would be the best? Right, I think one channel comes into mind for everyone, which will be LinkedIn, right? Because LinkedIn is a great way for you to start getting work opportunities and get people to identify you as a future employee. In fact, one week ago, I was interviewing the world number two on personal branding. His name is John Joseph. And he, he shared with me this one, one strategy, which I think will be very helpful for all those uni students. It's this, that when you're on LinkedIn, here's the thing, everyone thinks like, oh, LinkedIn is going to be very... Formal. Yeah, I mean, it is a professional network and usually all the professionals are there. So what you want to do is to leverage on LinkedIn because why? All your employers will be on LinkedIn. Okay, so when you go onto LinkedIn, here's the best thing that you can do. Go and find every single person that you have helped. Okay, you, you have either helped, you have either impacted or you have either worked with in some way or another and get them to endorse you and recommend you on LinkedIn. Now, here's the thing. Uh, I want you to compare these two, two different scenarios. Okay? Let's say you, I have student A who goes into the employer and say, here's my resume. Right? And we all know that resume is what? It's pretty much, I, I just boost it out myself. Uh, right? it's, it's literally me selling myself, self-promoting. <clears throat> it's like, yeah, this is me, this is me. Right? And I put it onto a, self, you know, onto a resume. And then compared to another guy who comes in and say, hey, I have a resume, but look at what everyone else on LinkedIn is saying about me. Which will be... Which will be better by obviously the guy who has recommendations from everyone because why that is social proof and i think that's a lot of things that a lot of brands don't even talk about uni students okay they don't use enough social proofs right because most brands what they're doing is just self-promoting themselves like hey i'm good right hey my quality is good hey i use this particular substance or hey i use this um strategy that that helps you a lot like that's the thing as a consumer i'm like okay sure but doesn't everyone else say the same thing it's like looking through resumes after resumes where everyone just keep fluffing and fluffing. Oh, wow, I got, uh, I, I got A in whatever exam. Oh, I participate, participated in CCA and all this kind of thing. It's, it's just you self-promoting yourself. So to every uni student or even brands, right, it's a lot more about putting your social proof out there. And I think a lot of people aren't doing it. Okay, because social proof is so much easier. And here's the thing. Let's say, right, if I were to introduce you to two people, okay, and these two people, uh, both of them are selling ice cream. Okay, both of them are selling ice cream. Okay, A, uh, person A, okay, this guy is selling chocolate, vanilla, strawberry. But all this vanilla, strawberry, chocolate, right? It's like, wow, 
it's very different from, from the rest of the world. It's something that has a unique taste. It is something that you have never taste, you, you will never taste before. And that's how I sell to you. Instead, if I have seller B who just comes up to you, you have, I, I'm not going to tell you what ice cream he sells, but everyone comes to you and say, hey, this is the guy who sells the world's best ice cream. This guy has a world's best, like literally his, bad, his, his whole shop, right? Just has world's best ice cream. People say unique taste and everything else. He doesn't have to talk, right? But which one will you go to, A or B? I mean, B, B would sound better when you hear it from your own friends. La. I mean, that's right. how word and, of mouth marketing works. Exactly. Yeah, referral marketing, right? In a sense, referral marketing. But more importantly, social proof. It's not just about friends, right? Because here's the thing. Yeah, sure. Friends can definitely refer you to sales. What about reaching people who are not your friends then? Right? Reaching out to people who are not your friends. How are you going to sell it? It's a lot to do with social proof. And I think a lot of people don't do it. Sure, you see big brands, right? They are able to self-promote themselves. People like Apple and things like that. The only reason why they're able to self-promote themselves is because they have a very strong brand identity. And that's something actually we, I go through with my students in like a two-day masterclass on Insta branding. Mm. But brand identity is a lot more complex. And looking at all these big brands, right? A lot of people like to emulate after them. Like, oh, we have this, like, let's say for Apple, right? Apple, they always say, oh, Tina's MacBook is very light and this kind of thing. But here's the thing. Apple is not selling you its features. Apple is not selling you a benefit. What are they selling you? They're selling you a lifestyle. They're selling you a freaking lifestyle. And here's the thing. I, I, have, a, I have an iPhone. I have an iPad. I'm using a freaking Mac. Right? Is it because like, it's the best processor? It, it's the best processor compared to Windows? No, it's not. It's just because it's simple. It's easy to use. And because I've already been on Apple's site for God, lo- God knows how long. And here's the thing that everyone has to understand. Okay, it's a stat in the market, which is, 95% of our buying decision is subconscious. So a lot of times, we always think that, oh, I'm buying this because I'm logical. I'm buying this because, oh yeah, I, I thought about the pros and cons already, right? Then what the hell you buy Apple? Why not you just buy Oppo or Huawei? Right? Isn't, isn't that really the best fit? Because it's cheap and it's still value for, value for money. But why do people still go to Apple? It's because they have a brand and they have a, not just social proof, they have a brand identity and it's very different. Okay, so, for people who are just starting out, stick to social proof. Right? For people who really want to expand a brand, it's a lot about brand identity. And brand identity is very, very complex. It's a lot more than just values and it's a lot more of just lifestyle. There's a lot of things that go into brand. And Apple does it extremely, extremely well. So mm. for people starting out, it's a lot about social proof. For people who are going in the long-term game, going to build an empire, it's a lot about brand identity because that's how you attract people. And at the end of the day, like the stats say, 95% of your buying decision is subconscious. Okay. So over the years, you, you have used these strategies to sort of build up your brand identity. And I'm more curious about how do you establish yourself as a thought leader in a particular industry when, like beyond social proof, how do you go to people and just say that, no, I want to speak at your event. I have like a lot of experience. How does the process go? I'm sure you speak at events, you do like webinars and everything, right? So how do you convince people that you are the one that they should listen to? Okay, here's the thing. I think a lot of people always think that it's a convincing game. Like, oh, I, I have to convince you to to get you onto my podcast. Now, here's the thing. Yeah, I have to convince you in order for you to invite me onto your podcast. No, right? Yeah. And here's the thing. I think a lot of people always think that, uh, oh, it's a lot about positioning. It's a lot about or establishing authority. It's a lot about making yourself look very big. Now, here's the thing. Like, I, I really don't give a shit about all these things. Like, <laughs> as much as I say that I help people establish thought leadership, it's not you telling people that, or you telling people or you showing or positioning in a way that makes you go, oh, I'm the authority or you should listen to me. No, it's not. I think a lot of times people undermine the whole thing about authenticity and relationships. I think people undermine that a lot. So when you talk about convincing people, I really think it's not, I, I don't actually convince anyone at all, right? All those people who invite me onto different podcasts, they just see what I do. And because I act the way that I think, people invite me onto podcasts. That's, that's a very simple reason. I think a lot of times, it, it goes back, I'll give you the same analogy. It goes back to the whole resume thing again. A lot of people think that they need to convince the employer, right? But if I'm an employer, I would rather see your values in action rather than you convincing me and stating out your best credentials. Two very different things. One is credentials, one is values in actions. 
both are very important, but I'll say that values in action in the long in the long run, that is where people get attracted to. That's the thing. I'm quite sure that a lot of people know that nowadays there are a lot of like fake gurus and things like that in the market and more people more people doing expose and things like that, all the scammers and things like that, right? Like there's credibility and at the end of the day there is values in action. If you see someone that aligns with their values and they act the way that they think and they act the way that they speak, that is when authenticity comes through. And when authenticity comes through, that is when trust comes through. I think a lot of people always put in a very, uh, I won't say fake, but I'll say it's not a very authentic image of themselves on social media. They always want to be seen as the best, in the best spotlight. Right? They always want to say, they always want to put very candid things. They want to put information that makes them look good, feel good. And yeah, I think that's when you approach it in a very wrong angle. Or not, I won't say wrong, but just not helpful angle. Mm. Right? If you just be authentic and you be very transparent on social media, people will like you for who, who you are. That's it. And here's the thing I always say. There is no point in not taking a stand. Okay, I'm slowing down my words because I think this is something that if you don't take anything out from all the podcasts, even though I talk about a lot of ideas, this is one thing that you really have to understand. There is no point in not taking a stand. You must always have a stand. And I have a quote, which is, you don't get either side of the flowers if you're sitting on the fence. Right? You don't get either side of the flowers if you're sitting on the fence. You won't get the flowers on the left side. You won't get the flowers on the right side if you do not pick a stand. And that's and, and it boils down all to branding, brand identity and things like that as well. But you first of all, you've got to take a stand. You have to take a stand of what your ideals are, what your values are. And once you take a stand on what those are, then people will know you for what the stand for the stand that you've taken. And those people that don't like you, so be it, they will just walk away from you. And here's the thing, a lot of people always like to show a very candid image of themselves, a very candid persona. But here's the thing, like when people meet you and then they finally realize like, oh, okay, I don't really like you. That won't feel good at all, right? So why not just straight up right from the start, attract the people that you want to attract. And I, I purposely use the word attract because it's all about law of attraction. The people that we hang out with are the people that are very, very similar to us and are very unlike us. And we never ever hang out with people who are very opposite of us. I mean, yeah, okay, if we hang out with people very opposite of us in terms of behavior, the only similarity is that your values align. So let's say, right, I can have a very playful friend, very creative, and maybe I'm not a very creative person, but I can still be best friend with this person. Why? Because maybe this guy values loyalty and I also value loyalty. Mm. At the end of the day, right, people connect due to values. So, when it comes to branding, when it comes to putting yourself on social media, whether it's you're starting or later, it's a lot about taking a stand and really knowing what your values are. And that's why I say self-awareness is very, very important, especially when I'm talking about branding. Mm. Self-awareness is freaking important because I've seen people who one day have this opinion and then the next day they change their opinion. So take a step. Let's say for me, right? I never ever like all those people who say, oh, entrepreneurship is a breeze. Uh, well, entrep- you can leave the digital nomad style by traveling <laughs> around the world and then you still can earn a passive income. If you're one of those people who believe in that, then sorry, I'm not the right person for you. Okay, I'm just going to sell very friendly. And here's what I mean by being authentic. You just take a stand and you stick to the stand. Because that's the thing, I'm not in for like, oh, lifestyle and then showing people how great you are. Like, I think it's freaking fake. Like, you have a great lifestyle, but, but so what? Does, do you really just want to have a great lifestyle? Is that what brings you fulfillment in life? There's so much more, right? Helping people, making impact, knowing that you make a difference in someone's life, right? There's so many greater forms of fulfillment, right? And if you get hooked into like, oh, living a very luxurious lifestyle and things like that, then yeah, you definitely won't click with me. Right, I, like so. Here's here's the thing: when people get me onto a podcast, they will see a very authentic side of me. They will see a very plain, a very transparent side, and people know immediately what are my values. People know what I stand for as well. And now people know that I don't stand for all those fake persona on Instagram, just showing off their lifestyle, showing off their whatever it is they want to show, yeah. right? Because ultimately, at the day, at the end of the day. I always say that it's not about the following and, and the likes. At the, end of the, at the end of the day, did you actually make a difference in someone's life? 
Okay, so what if you got all the followers and likes, right? I've been seeing all those influencers, uh, like, I mean, all those influencers in Singapore, uh, and then the whole migrant workers issue came out, right? And then the whole Black Lives Matter came out. Right? Some of them just participated in the Black Lives Matter, right? And then one, two days later, they delete the post. I think like, what the hell? Like, if you want to stand for it, stand for it, right? There's no point in, what, what do you gain from just posting a photo and then saying, oh, I'm actually part of it when you're not even part of it or you're not even empathetic about it, mm. right? You just post a post and then just for hopping in, maybe you might say a trend and just post a post and take it down a day later, right? So I believe it's not just about followers and likes, right? Because there's so many people with followers and likes, right? But they aren't actually empowering people with, with the amount of influence they have, yeah, right? I... It's a lot about making a difference in the lives of other people, like what you guys are doing with your podcast as well, which is not only just helping you guys, right, in terms of creating ideas, it's a lot about making a difference to other people who is listening to this podcast. Yeah, I definitely agree with a lot of the points you mentioned, some of which are very interesting. I think the whole idea of authenticity, some of it came from Gary Vee, right, because he preaches that quite a bit. But so one of the things that I wanted to ask was, what if people are just not comfortable showing that side of them? You know, like, I mean, for you, you're definitely very, you're obviously very comfortable sharing your struggles, your, the things that you had to do to get to where you are. But what if people are just not comfortable being on social media, sharing this sort of stuff? How else can, then can they establish their brand presence? Mm, okay, so here's the thing. I think that if you don't like to be on social media, then don't be on social media. No, no, I, I really think that's, that's the whole point. Like, here's the thing. In our two-day two day life masterclass that we do, here's the thing. We don't, we don't accept anyone. We aren't like those kind of freaking seminars, those rah seminars where like, wow, everyone can come in uh, and then like, and, and, and you just do your thing, right? I always qualify my clients, right? With the fact that, are you ready to really be seen by the world? Right? If you're not comfortable with that, then, then don't do it. I'll just tell you, you know what? It, it's, it's not a good fit for you, right? I don't want to... Fall, like, there's no point in me teaching you something but you don't apply it as well. You get what I mean? So if you think that, you know, this whole social media game isn't for you, then don't do it. It's simple as that, right? But let's say, let's say, right? If you, if you know the importance of social media but you don't really like to do it, right? Then there are those, there are those people who come about, right? And here's the thing. Do I really enjoy social media? Yeah, actually I do. <laughs> but the, I know that there are some people who don't really enjoy social media, but they know that they have to do it because just for the sake of doing it to build their brand and things like that. And here's the thing. If you don't enjoy social media, understand which aspects of social media you don't like. Some people don't like putting their face out there. right? Some people just don't like putting that. And usually that's a common, uh, common problem that uh, the people I talk to have. But usually it's more of a, I don't want to put my face out there to everyone. But if you don't want to put your face out there to everyone, then why not start writing articles? Right? When you write articles, you don't have to put your face out there. You're just writing articles. And you can go on to medium.com. And I, I, I actually started, one of my part of digital marketing was also writing articles. And I just write articles on medium and they also pay me. Right? Like, wow, it's a win-win. Right? You build your brand and also you get paid by medium. I mean, obviously, I don't do it anymore. Uh, but those people who don't like social media, then figure out what are the things you dislike about social media. See, it boils back down to self-awareness. If you know what you dislike, you know what you like. You know what your strengths, you know what your weaknesses. You play according to that whole journey. For me, I know that my strengths are in talking. So I will do my best to get onto like, let's say if you've got podcasts, right? Here's the thing. Whether it's big or small, I don't really care. But I know that there are people who say, oh, like I've approached people where they tell me, oh, you must have at least 1,000 downloads. Per day, I was like, wow, that's, that's insane, right? I mean, there are people who like to go in terms of numbers, right? But for me, it's really just, sure, if you want to invite me onto your podcast, I'll be happy to go in because I got tons and tons of ideas that probably can't even finish in like one or two hours even. So <laughs> I'm always, like, my strength is in talking. So I'll just talk and talk and talk, right? My other strength is in writing. Somehow it's also writing, right? It, I, I can just write and write and write. Like, last month, I think I wrote, like, I think 20 articles, I think. That's about close to one article per, per day, I think. Okay, not, not exactly almost. one article per day. Yeah, almost about there. So, my strength is in writing. My strength is in talking. Then people are like, wow, then you are a perfect fit for social media, right? You can handle on both fronts. But that's the thing. Let's say for people who maybe are not good at talking, 
you're not good at writing, right? Then maybe what you are good at is in connecting with other people. Then what you can do is to connect with other people. I've seen other people who just literally go on, keep going on to IG lives. And here's the thing, because they're not that good at speaking, what are they doing? They're the one that questioning. They're the one that questions people and then they become podcasters themselves. I know a few people. <laughs> so just the thing, always play by your strengths and weaknesses. Uh, always play by your strengths, sorry, not your weaknesses. Always play by your strengths. Know what your strengths, know what you like. And here's one principle that I think everyone can take away from. So I think what people have to know is this. People have to really, if you want to really know what's your strength, categorize it into four things. One is your zone of genius. Two is excellence. Three is competence. And four is incompetence. Okay, and this is what I actually do with a lot, of, uh, a lot of my clients as well, which is, first of all, know what you're incompetent at. Basically things that you're not good at. For me, I'm not great at tech. I am a freaking tech dummy. Like, Anything to do with coding and HTML goes like, oh, uh, what the hell, right? So <laughs> I don't know coding or HTML. And I openly admit that, you know, I really suck at all this like, kind of stuff. So I outsource them to people to handle that. Lah. So I don't touch anything to do with tech at all. Next, next thing is to find what you are competent at, right? Competent is basically things that you can do, just that other people does it faster than you. So let's say maybe my competence is in terms of video editing, right? Like I can, I can video edit it, but people can be faster and greater than me when it comes to video editing. Next is really finding what's your excellence. And then people will think like, okay, so what's the difference between competence, excellence, and zone of genius? Okay. Excellence are things that you're really great at and you're much better than other people. So let's say for me, it might be Twitter, right? But here's the thing. Do I really like Twitter? I don't, I'm okay with Twitter. It's not exactly something I'm very passionate about. Then that's where you separate it with the zone of genius. The zone of genius is something that when people talk to you, it naturally comes out from your mouth. Let's say if you talk about Twitter, you talk about Instagram, you talk about Facebook, growing communities, all this kind of thing, or personal branding, immediately it comes out right from, right from my mouth, right? And zone of genius, the other criteria is that you need to love it. So will Twitter fall into my zone of genius? Not exactly. It will fall into, my ex- into the zone of excellence. And... Basically, you just have to understand, right? Really go and reflect and write down. It will be a very, very mind-opening kind of experience when you write down what are these for. What's your zone of genius? What's your excellence? What's your competence? And what's your incompetence? I think because too many people don't exactly answer these questions, that's why they get stuck with their whole journey. They go like, oh, I think I can hop onto this. Or maybe I hop onto this. And here's the thing. That's because I have been hopping around for like, many, many years before I actually started what I'm doing. And when you keep hopping and hopping instead of answering these very basic questions, then you continue hopping for many, many years. Answer what's your zone of genius, what's your excellence, what's your, inc- what's your competence and what's your incompetence. Then play along with your zone of genius. I'm not even asking you to work with your excellence, okay? Play along with your zone of genius because that is where you are supernatural at. That's where you're really going to excel. For people, like I know my partner will well, is one of the people who says, oh, but then I want to groom on like my incompetence because I want to make my incompetence competence. Yeah, sure, go ahead, right? But when it comes to career-wise, when it comes to whatever you do, whether it's your entrepreneur journey or your work-life journey, right? Play according to your zone of genius. Yeah. Okay, so throughout your entrepreneurship journey so far, what do you think are some key lessons that you've learned that you would like to share with the audience? Well, I think I shared quite some of it. Some, some of, actually quite some of it is scattered throughout the whole podcast. Uh, one mm. of it, I think, is get, get a mentor. Uh, get someone that you can learn from. Get someone that has the result they are looking for and go to them. Okay. Another lesson is don't play the vanity metrics, right? Just to summarize, don't play the vanity metrics because there is no point in getting followers and likes. There's only a point if you're building relationships. Okay. Because those relationships will become your customers those customers will become your diehard fans. There is no point in playing the numbers game. Why? Because I myself played the numbers game before and I can openly admit, okay, like what I said, I'm, I'm, I'm freaking transparent on. I bought followers before, right? And there's no freaking point of buying followers, right? Even if you buy followers, it doesn't help you at all. It gets you banned on Instagram as well. I have did strategies like follow, unfollow, things that are very inauthentic. Okay, if you're one of those people who are listening right now and you do the follow-unfollow, uh, please stop doing it. I kill not. So many YouTubers are just talking about, oh yeah, follow-unfollow, follow-unfollow. But really think about it. 
if someone follows your account and then unfollow the next day, what kind of feeling will that leave you with? with? Not very good feeling, right? You'll be like, oh, wow, this guy is quite inauthentic. But if you are doing, and here's the thing, right? If you yourself don't like it, then why are you doing it to other people as well? Just for you to grow your Instagram fast or to grow your Twitter fast or whatever it is. Following and unfollowing is probably the most inauthentic way. People won't like you as well. And honestly, I think there's this one quote that is really great as well, is that it's not really so much about the words. It's not so much about the actions, but it's about what feelings you leave the person with. If you leave that, if the person has a feeling that, wow, this guy is very inauthentic, then that's pretty much your reputation throughout your whole, your whole journey, right? So even for brands, right? I don't like it, especially for brands, right? When they do follow and follow. Because why? People who might be your potential follow, potential followers and buyers, right? You are doing follow and unfollowing with them. You are just going to leave a very, very bad taste in their mouth and people will deem you off as inauthentic. And I mean, in terms of millennials and Gen Z, one of the greatest buying decisions is in terms of authenticity. It's really in terms of authenticity and the other one is millennials and Gen Z buy based on values. And that's why I say authenticity and values are freaking, freaking important. That's why it's a lot about self-awareness in this whole game of branding. If you don't have it, people will deem you as like just another passing brand. It's, it's like one of those brands, right, where you go into the shopping mall and you see like, hey, there's, new, there's this new shop, right? but then I don't know what's the name of that shop. But I'm quite sure you all have gone to shopping mall like, hey, got a new shop, but I don't know what's that shop. And you don't even bother entering that shop. Why? Because you look at it you're like, oh, nah, it's fine. I'll just walk past it. Then a few months later, hey, at that same spot, right, there's another new shop. Right, then it's, 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 it plays a whole game. It plays a whole game of passing brands. And passing brands are those that don't have any values. I give you one very good example. I'm not sure if you have, have you heard of Lush? Yes. It's more of like a female. Oh, okay, that's good. <laughs> Usually, <laughs> guys don't know what Lush is, right? Lush, their, their identity is freaking strong. So, if you really want to go and study on brand identity, right, go and look at Lush very closely. Okay, they're selling, they're really selling uh, movement where they're selling people on saving the earth, right? People buy from last wipe. It's not because their products are superior, right? Yeah, okay, the branding there is more superior than the rest. But the only reason why the branding is more superior is because like, oh, it's about saving the world. It's about gender equality, championing female rights, right? When you know what are your values in your brand, that is when you stand out. When you don't have any values, you're just another poster girl, another poster boy, oh, showing all your candid photos, Telling about all your candid experience on LinkedIn. Wow, it's a really fun experience. Wow, really great. No, I don't want to hear wow, it's fun. Wow, it's great. I want to know what exactly you did. I want to know what exactly you felt throughout the whole thing. Not wow, it's a great experience. Thanks for the fun experience or, or things like that. No. Tell people what did you actually fail, right? And what you actually stand for and be very, very authentic when it comes to social media. So okay. yeah, that's about it. Yep, so I'll end off with this question, which is, how does success look like to you? That's a good question. I think success looks like to me by every day just taking the next step forward. I think too many people go with KPIs of like, oh, must hit 100k in a year, oh, must hit 1 million a year, oh, must hit 5 figures, 6 figures, must hit, I must buy a bungalow. I mean, yeah, sure, material wealth is great, right? But I think true success is really just taking this one degree shift every day. If you take, and, and this is something that is not original to me. In fact, it's one of my first mentors actually tell me this, is that if every single day you just find a way to improve yourself 1% every single day, I think you double, you, double your, you double your growth in about 90 days. I think if the math is right, someone do the math, okay? But I'm not, I'm not exactly <laughs> very good at math or so, okay? So I'm always thinking of success as long as it's a one degree shift, it's a one degree improvement, right? As long as every single day, you are taking a step closer to where you want to be. Too many people see success as a goal, see success as an objective, but most of the transformation doesn't take place in the result. It takes place in the journey. And only when you hit the result, then you go like, wow, I actually grow a lot from the journey. And then that's when you realize that Actually, goals, I mean, goals are important, definitely. But I think we have just been um, hyping up goals too much. Like, oh, you mm. must reach your destination. That's when you achieve success, right? I think success is really taking one step closer to your goals, improving yourself one degree, 1% 
every single day. That is what success looks like for me. Great. I think the one degree shift is also something you talk about in your podcast, right? Yep, <laughs> it is. And in fact, uh, if you go to Live Your Legacy, that's where we really interview with people. We basically connect you with people and concepts that have made a tremendous impact on the lives of others so that they can create a one degree shift in you. In actually, in our podcast, in fact, we're always looking not like, oh, I must be a mindset expert. Oh, I must be like top of the world in something. But I mean, somehow all our guests are like those kind of from those areas. But what I'm really looking for is that one concept that will shift that one degree shift. I don't think there's a point in talking a lot about ideas. And here's the thing. I think a lot of people price ideas too much. They price ideas like, wow, I must have freaking great ideas. I must have a freaking great strategy in order to, to um, dominate in something, in order to win in something, in order to achieve success. But a lot of the time, it just goes down to execution. And as a person who bought tons of courses and seminars, where you go in and then like, wow, I learned so much things. There are so many ideas that I can take, right? But then you don't freaking implement. There is no point. There's really no point. I'd rather you take one idea and you implement it like for the next year than to take freaking 100 ideas. Uh, then you implement 100 different ideas. And Bruce Lee said it very well, right? I feel the man who practiced one kick 1,000 times than someone who practiced 1,000 kicks uh, one time. Right, I think, I think that's a quote that, that goes along that line. So it's a lot about execution rather than idea. And I honestly think for me, right, I think the 2080 rule. Have you, have you heard about 2080 rule? Yep, I have. Yeah, the Pareto principle, right? Yep. So in Pareto principle, 20%, 20% are important, 80% are not very important. I think that 20% should be ideas, 80% should be execution. And too many people are looking at the strategies and ideas instead of spending their time executing. And I think, honestly, even I myself, I catch myself not doing that as well. Awesome. I think it's been a really great chat if you've brought us with many insights. And I'll leave the link in the show notes for people to check out your podcast if they want. And yeah, it's been a great time chatting to you. Hope to catch up with you once this whole situation gets better. Yeah, great. Thanks for having me on the show, Marcus. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Learning with Young Leaders. Be sure to rate review and subscribe to the show and visit sakoniorigino.com slash podcast for more resources based on today's topic. That's sakoniorigino.com slash podcast. Until next time, stay curious, keep learning.